Welcome to No Room for Phonies, the social distancing edition <laughs> with my friend Wendy Ward. Hello. Uh, we are going to talk about the past. So uh, episode 14, A Blast from the Past, <laughs> is brought to you by Good Food, Good Friends, and Good Times. Welcome, Wendy. Thank you so much, Pam. I was looking forward to this a lot. And um, it was a lot of fun the other night being able to socially distance and share a glass of wine with you and Charles. And I am so glad that we're going through the social distancing and stay at home orders, not under a prohibition order. Oh, oh my. As we, as I um, toast you with my tumbler of wine. And I'm just getting mine ready. Yes. And what time is it? Is it past 11? I'm not sure of the days. Somewhere. Times these days with the way things are. Well, cheers. I have a nice Cab Sauvignon from California. And I have a Sangiovese from Italy. So we're covering all. Yes, it all works. It all it works. And we're happy with California because I think that's one of the states where they're actually doing a good job uh, social distancing and um, flattening the curve, as they say. Yes, I can't imagine what it must be like being in those positions of trying to make those decisions of how to keep no. everybody safe. No, I'm very proud of our leaders and our government yeah. you know, for making, I think they're making a big difference and I don't think their job is ever easy, but under these circumstances, when the world is watching, it's, it's, I think it's pretty tough. But here we are, social distancing with our glasses of wine. And I chose history because you are a bit of a history knowledge buff. Uh, much nicer than saying geek, thank you, yes. <laughs> so I thought that we would have a lot of fun talking about it. So we're gonna talk, start with 100 years ago, right? Yes. And truly, I, when we talk about our, our leaders making decisions now, you think back to, I mean, history has always been used. This is what happened in the past. What can we learn from that? Where can we go? And we've been talking before about what would it be like under the Spanish flu and how, how would that have been? Well, and you also think that people, like, we have information at our fingertips sometimes <laughs> much right but yes how would they have delivered information to outlying communities like people like I just I can't imagine I can't imagine it no I agree now I mean the advantage is that without that outside community connection you don't have as many people from far away yeah sharing that close proximity right. I mean social distancing probably started in a hundred years ago sort of thing. Well, and I was talking to Charles's aunt on the phone who is probably in her mid to late eighties. I'm not sure. She's kind of too spry for me to know that like for sure, <laughs> but I know she's in her eighties and uh, she was saying like people just like died of whooping cough and yeah. you know, the like measles. Some measles and some of these things that we didn't have vaccines for back then. And, so, I mean, she's looking at all this from a very, very, very different perspective than, you know, those of us. She doesn't see this as that anybody's really suffering. No. Other than the people that are ill yeah. and on the front lines, like those of us sitting in our homes, a lot, you know, people have, we, we have jobs, we have this, we have income. So the, the people that are actually suffering are those that, are wondering where their next meal is coming yeah. from or like that sort of thing. So, I mean, we have a lot to be thankful for, but so a hundred years ago, what's the first thing that pops into your mind for a hundred years ago? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is that, um, sorry, it'd be 120 years ago. Now Claire was born a hundred years after my grandmother was born. Wow. And so to me, that's kind of stunning. And then I think about it and our kids, the generation of kids who are in their 20s, mid 20s right now, there's a really good likelihood that they will live 
in three separate centuries. Yeah. And I think of my grandmother adjusting to the telephone, the, the car, and a whole bunch of technology, the radio, the television, the news spread. Yeah. And she was a teacher. So like she saw massive amounts of change. And what are our kids going to see? I mean, we've lived through the internet coming yeah. to life, as it were, um, and the Facebook. Uh, yeah. What but else even is access coming? to computers. Because when I was teaching, um, like this would be 36 years ago, probably 35 years ago, they came to our school and said, does anyone want six Commodore mm. 64s? And I said, yes, yes, yes. And that was like amazing. No one wanted them. Like nobody, everybody's like, no, no, no. I don't, why would you want that? And my kids yeah. like love them. They type stories and stuff, but they had the paper that you ripped at the side. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Like, so, and that was, you know, we're not even talking near a hundred years ago, but the reference to prohibition, like the 1920s, like I am actually very glad we are not living in the 1920s right now because yes, clink your I glass. am enjoying my glass of wine. And the book that I, that book that I shared with you, the cookbook talks mm. about drinking red wine with your friends and the blue zone book and yeah. all that stuff. So I am very glad that prohibition was not a, a friend, uh, was not a thing then. And I was really interested to learn as well that government, the government built residential schools to assimilate indigenous children into right. the dominant. Like that was a hundred years ago. And how much we still talk about that now. Well, and the last, oh, the last residential school only closed in the 90s. Right? Yeah. So, so like the 1920s residential schools. Yeah. And there was a, an act that was passed by the government of Canada to ban Chinese people from immigration to Canada. Talk about horrific. I know. I know. Not to mention in World War II, the closing of our borders to yeah. the, um, Jewish immigrants. Really? I know. Like, scary stuff. But on a happier note, um, the word persons was used when referring to more than one person and the word he was used in 1867 in the British North America Act. And then people started to argue about that and that led to the famous five, right? Emily Murphy, Yay. Irene Parbley, Nellie McClung, Henrietta Edwards and Louise McKinney who took the issue to the Privy Council. And then on October 19th, which is my birthday. Happy birthday. 1929. I was not born in 1929. <laughs> and they just, the Privy Council decided that the word person includes women. So that is a very significant event. It is. And yet it still took much longer for women to get the vote. It was only in yeah. the 50s in Quebec that women yeah. finally got to vote there. Um, yeah, but I think that what those peop those women did was they inspired people, right? Like then it was good, then it was, um, they inspired people then to fight for more rights for women and for more things. And I also think that it helped people, what's important in my life and what, um, mm. what am I willing to fight for? I mean, I think of that and having worked on the Hill and, and been in the galleries, I think of the women who went there and handcuffed themselves to the gallery seats is that what issues am I willing to take that far for me in um, the personal cost? I was really fortunate to meet Mark McClung, Nellie McClung's son. Right. And, um, you know, I did the typical historian gushing about how much I right. adored her. And she, he told me he hated her, that she never had any time for the family. So there's a cost. When you're right. in a leadership role and you're making those decisions, other things have to fall by the wayside. I mean, we've heard uh, Kathleen McKenna talk about what has happened to her on the streets mm -hmm. of Ottawa. Having the ability well, to I lead. Look at Christine, I look right now at Christine Elliott as right of health, right? Right now. Yes. And she is 
to me, doing a phenomenal job, as is uh, Christia Freeland. Yeah. Um, and Dr. Tam. I mean, yeah. I can't imagine. It's like uh, when, she, when she sort of, um, I don't want to say she changed her mind, but she widened her position around face masks. And people were like, wow, you can't even make up your mind and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, seriously? Like, seriously. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm hoping that people, more, most people through this become more thoughtful and compassionate and that we're, you know, the world has enough critics. Maybe we could all work together to be better people over that. So, and I did like to um, read also about the, in, the five inventions of the twenties that actually made it roar is the research that I found. And the radio broadcasting audio all across Canada. Yeah. And that must've been like. I, mind blowing. Right, cause you think. Yay, CBC. <laughs> yeah. Just, really? But no, but then you think picture family sitting and listening to the radio, like that was like TV, like we have, and now like, some families have a TV in every room of their house. Nobody sits, even sits in the yeah. same, you know, like, and automobiles help people travel outside or around the city. So like that would have been huge. The, well, idea the that, dimensions of where you can go. It's no longer um, only as far as a horse could travel in a day, right? Yeah. Like the grain elevators out west in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, they are 15 miles apart because that's what a horse could go. Yeah, no, exactly. And then just then uh, air flight, like Ugh. we're grounded at the moment, but we are so used to red eye to this and move, go here and go there. And, you know, we don't, we don't even think like, I remember when Zachary was living and working in, like going to school and then working in Ottawa. And I would think, well, if something really happened, I'd get on a plane and I'd be there like within three yeah. hours. I could be there, even though it's like a seven, eight hour, nine hour, you know, depending on traffic kind of a thing, drive. Yes. So, you know. It actually took me less time to travel when I lived on the West Coast. It was a shorter amount of time to fly direct from Victoria to Ottawa to get to see my parents than it takes for me to drive from Niagara to yeah. Ottawa. Like, how is that? What? Oh, that's insane. And then... The thing that we are, I mean, the telephone and beyond oh. we are enjoying right now to stay connected. This is the time where phones could now call anywhere, like even across the sea. And, you know, when we think of like, when I read books, right, from the 1800s, and you yeah. talk about, you know, people getting news by mail, mail yeah. that came on a ship, that by the time it got to you, the fact that they were sharing that your mother died had happened now. A year ago or six months or yeah. yes. Yes, oh. we're watching Peaky Blinders on Netflix and there are times when they're having to communicate immediately and, and the machinations they have to go through in order to make yeah. that communication happen. Wow. I know, and then the other one they talk about is just going to the movies. And I honestly say, like, I don't go to the movies a ton, but I am going to be excited about being back in a, a movie theater mm. and like, yes, movie. Th I can't make movie theater popcorn. <laughs> I just well, there could be some good things about that, but yes, <laughs> you're right. And it's, it's like, the experience. It's the, and now movie theaters are opulent because they're yeah. trying to get people. What really intrigues me about this is it truly is roaring. I wonder what's happened to our um, our hearing <laughs> since the 1920s, right? Yeah. No, I know. And then I have to bring up the Banting and Best <gasps> Amazing. discovered insulin in 1922. So in Toronto, at the University of Toronto. And you know what I think about? They received a Nobel Prize, of course. And um, it was one of the biggest discoveries in medical history at that time, obviously. 
And now I think, okay, we have thousands and thousands probably of researchers now trying to design a vaccine for COVID-19, like the yes. importance of this medical research and science and all this stuff just kind of hits home when you think that the prime minister says like, until we really have a vaccine, our lives can't really go back to normal. And the fact that it's not a creation of, oh, look, this works, that, that there's a testing procedure that mm. you think of what Banting and Bass did in order to get to the state. In 1922. It, right? Exactly. <laughs> and wow. Yeah. No, that to me was like exciting. So I don't know. There's lots of other things from, from the 1920s, but let's go to the 50 years ago. Okay, that was kind of scary because first of all, what? I was alive then? What? I was seven <laughs> years old in 1970. Wow, I was ten. So, yeah, so yeah, like yeah. So in 1970, I was in Ottawa, and my dad was working as a reporter for the Toronto Telegram on Parliament Hill, and the Quebec crisis happened. Yeah, and I Halloween was cancelled. October 5th, um, 1970 yeah. was the start of the October crisis. And that was frightening. I, it was, um, I can remember walking down Island Park Drive and seeing army trucks full yeah. of people in full gear with, with rifles. Mm -hmm. And wow, it was truly terrifying. Yeah, I just, when I read that, I thought, was that? When that was, because I do, yeah. like, and I do remember, like, in psychology, like, I took psych in university, and we talked about, we act, the, the October crisis actually came up, because we were talking about the impact on people, and, you know, all that sort of thing, like, will happen after this is over, when mm -hmm. we go back and study, well, what impact did this have on people, or whatever, but, yeah, and you were there, like, you were there, like, yeah. I mean, you probably don't think about that much now, do you? About the October crisis? Yeah. Like if, let's say, yeah. for example, if they did bring in some kind of a thing where they're, the army came in now, like if things flipped around and they actually, that would probably re, re Yes, it certainly uh, made me much more aware when our government talked about the War Measures Act and the yes. emergency, because I can remember, uh, we were really lucky, Tim Rafe was one of our family friends, and he's the reporter that said to Pierre Trudeau, just how far are you willing to go? Mm. And Trudeau whipped around and said, just watch me. And now his son is leading us through, wow. And he's, I think... Um... He's tougher than, like, I think Justin Trudeau has come across a bit tougher than what people imagined, right? Like, I, that's the way I see him now. Like, his ability to get out and command. And in know. a very different way. I mean, different yeah, very, times very calling different. for different, yes. yes. Um, oh. And I think his response has been measured and uh, more and empathetic. He's, and he's listening, right? Yeah. Like, Moistly. <laughs> Moistly, I know that was so funny. That's a very but funny moistly, social moistly. media. Yeah, I'll put the um, the link to the Moistly song yeah. when I post this because it was too it was too funny. But <laughs> and I also read January first, nineteen seventy two, cigarette advertising on te on television and radio ends in Canada. Seventy two, nineteen seventy two. So, wow. like, and when I see people smoking now, I just think, really, what? <laughs> But it's like, yeah, I just, that's when it ended, the advertising for, and the oil crisis was in October of 1973. Oh, okay. So wait a minute. What was, I wonder what the price was. I can remember when Bill Dom and 18 conservative MPs purchased the gas station just outside of Ottawa to still okay. sell gas in gallons when we switched to a metric system. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wonder what the price of gas well, was I then. I filled up my car the other day because, um, and it was 71 cents a liter. Wow. I filled, up, I filled up my car for $30, like 
that is like that's unheard of in our yeah like just crazy yeah and july of 76 was the start of the summer olympics in montreal okay i went there that's which is pretty cool yeah and the beatles officially broke up in april of 1970 when paul mccartley publicly stated that he was leaving the band and let it be is released as their final album a month later wow that's pretty crazy like those are major social milestones and i guess social media milestones for us and then april 17th the crew of apollo 13 wow was a successful splashdown that was historic that's one of my favorite movies yeah so like i'll say oh i think i'll watch apollo 13 and he's like again (laughs) i don't really know why i like it so much but oh but the the hope and humanity and we can survive no i think it's wonderful and january 22nd of 1970 the world's first jumbo jet the boeing 747 had its first commercial flight well that's operated by pan am from new york to london carrying 332 passengers and 18 crew and that was when people dressed up to get on a yeah. plane and yes. Revolutionizing air tra- air travel. Wow. So, and now we're looking at so many things like airlines are just, I'm, I feel, I think they're going to revive. Like, I think it will be okay. It's just, yeah. There was a really interesting article on Instagram today from the Harvard Business Review about companies and how they are going to move forward from this mm-hmm. again what a perfect time to take a look back at where we've been to yeah. see where we could be going and how we can get there yeah no it's crazy and how about toys from the 70s <gasps> barbie dolls oh totally racks. wow cheap children's stereo phono the back to college typewriter what I never had a back to college typewriter. The Apollo Moon Rocket. Wow. The Bon Tempe console organ. No, that no one just that no. Is. I had no idea what that one. Chatty was. Kathy. Oh, I had a friend who had a Chatty Kathy. I was so jealous. Frosty snow cone maker. Oh, I remember those. We didn't have one, but wow. Giganter robot. G.I. Joe astronaut, NHL table hockey, a talking view master, and Susie Homemaker's super oven. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's funny. That is funny. First Earth Day was celebrated. I'm sorry, the first what? Earth Day. That's right. So that, I kind of thought, yeah, and have we accomplished much since then? I don't know. We didn't have an Earth Day celebration this well, year. Well, I think this uh, particular pandemic is pretty good on the Earth. Oh, those wonderful vision or the NASA films of air traffic. Mm. Um, the pictures that are rampant everywhere. Of, in the canals in Venice, right? Yes. Here and yeah. 100,000 people demonstrated wow. in Washington against the Vietnam War. Whoa. Cholera outbreak in Istanbul. So, so yeah, the first New York Marathon is run. And Simon and Garfunkel released their final album together, Bridge Over Troubled Water. That's a sad. And it won too, didn't it? Yep, it won the Grammy song of Grammy for Song of the Year. Popular films. Can you guess a popular film? Well, it's in front of you. <laughs> no, you have, I am. You have the nose. Popular films for 50, please, Alex. <laughs> uh, MASH, Patton, hey. Stock, Hello Dolly, Catch 22, and On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Wow. Yep. Yep. Isn't that crazy? Isn't it? And again, 50 years ago, we had a Trudeau as Prime Minister. Yeah. And Paul Henderson. But Paul Henderson, yeah. I know, the dramatic winning goal. Wow. Defeated the Soviet Union 6-5 in the final game of the Summit Series. That was pretty outstanding. 
Yeah. But the thing is like, we knew so much more about what was happening in the world then, right? Like, because we, like, we were starting to see more of what was happening around the world. Well, and I think we knew more because we were looking for um, the news or the events. And I think what we end up looking for now is we're going to more of the lowest common denominator because it's got to be in 140 characters or less sort of thing. Well, and I think, you know, me and my idea of the rise of mediocrity. Yeah. I believe that we have given in to the rise of mediocrity and we accept that as okay when we should be you know, demanding, it's sort of the lowest common denominator pulling us all down. So have you read Ayn Rand? I mean, this is totally not no. anything. We no. should have done literature from the, this well, we, time. Well, yeah. maybe that's a whole nother one. <gasps> you mean if I do well enough, I might get us back? <laughs> and the final thing I wanted to say about um, the 50 years ago, I mean, you can have the final word, but the Vietnamese <laughs> boat people, yeah. which I never... I mean, you always heard about that. And when you walk around museums and things, you see things about that, um, about a sponsorship program for refugees providing support, language classes and access to medical care. So for those who risk wow. their lives following the Vietnam War. So just as a, a side plug, um, one of the people that I work with at the college um, has written a book about her father's experience leaving Vietnam. And Amy's scheduled to do a book reading at the Pelham Library in at the end of May, I believe. Oh, cool. Um, but I'll, I'll send you the link so you can yeah, post that too. I'll post it because a virtual reading would be good. So 50 years ago. Okay, 50 years ago. The things that we can actually remember. Is there anything else you remember about? Like, I'm trying to think if I remember anything about when I was seven. Like, I don't really remember. Like, other than like when it's, you know, when I talk, see these things and my memory's jogged. Yeah. Jimi Hendrix died of a barbiturate overdose. Janis oh. Joplin died in a cheap motel from a heroin overdose. So, I'm trying to think. I was in grade six. Yes, there was. Well, the so Isle of Wight Festival takes place. 600,000 people attend the largest rock festival of all time. Jimi Hendrix, The Who, The Doors, Chicago, Richie Havens, John Sebastian, Joan Baez, 10 years after Emerson, Lake and Palmer, and Jethro Tull. Wow. So, so part of me is kind of sad that I wasn't like, five or yeah. seven years older to really yeah, enjoy that more. Yeah, you would have, yeah. Um, the Jackson Five with ABC and I Want You Back. Oh, okay. So my first <laughs> boyfriend, we would sit in his rec room because it wasn't a basement then. It was yeah, the yeah. rec room, right? And play the 45s. And I can remember sitting there um, listening to Jackson Five on 45s. Yep. Totally. Wow. Yeah, one, two, three. And you think of, you know, in that moment, like we looked at Michael Jackson and never would have predicted, I don't think, what happened to him. No, and there's some things that looking at history can't tell you about what's yeah, going to happen in the yeah, future. That is for sure. We would not have predicted that. So now let's go back to what we really remember. 1995. Wow. Five years ago. 1995 was 25 years ago? That just doesn't seem possible. Isn't it crazy? The opening of Parliament is televised for the first time. For the first time, yes. Wow. Morin's, this is January to March. E. Paul Moran's conviction for murder that had seen him jailed for 11 years is overturned. Wow. Bill Clinton came and addressed Canadian. Was that 25 years ago? I know. And you know what? I have been watching the Hillary Clinton oh, yes. documentary on, I think it's on Netflix. <laughs> Is it Prime, Netflix? I think it's Netflix. I'm pretty sure. Yes, it's Netflix. It's amazing. Her, okay. she, she is, I always highly respected her and after watching her, and she does a lot of it herself, 
it's amazing. Yeah. The major rail strike from March 18th to March 27th. That uh, was, wow. Yeah. Do you, and March 31st, Perrin. Perrin Beatty. I remember Perrin Beatty. You remember him? Because I he thought it really was... did a lot of good for the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, I think. Yeah, I just, I thought that was interesting. Yes. Yeah. So that's, have you ever heard of Eric's Tobias? He was accused of wartime. Oh, so, yes, I have, but largely because growing up in Ottawa. Right. Um, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. So those are, I don't know. I don't, I'm trying to think 1995. Well, I was just married. Because we have been married, we were married 25 years last August. And so in, we were married in 1994. You were newlyweds. I was a newlywed and I was oh. teaching. And yeah, and then we had Zachary in 1996. Wow. February of 1996. Yeah. And then Sebastian was born in June of 1997. So those were busy years. I don't think, no, if I paid No, they're all a blur, right? <laughs> right. Chapters was officially incorporated in April. Wow. And Steve Stavro bought the Maple Leaf, Maple bought Maple Leaf Gardens from Harold Ballard's estate. That was, and for people in Niagara, of course, Paul Bernardo's trial yeah. began then too. That was pretty stunning. Oh, that, I mean, we're still, we still, that is still an impactful thing that happened. No kidding. Is he, he's still in jail, isn't he? Yes, because later in 95, he was declared a, oh. Whatever that is, yeah. He was, he's, was not eligible for parole in yeah. November, I think it was, you yeah. said. Yeah. yeah. No, but that, that was terrifying. Yes, and the years before that were terrifying too. Um, I was working for the Bar Association then and talking to the lawyers who were involved. Horrifying. Yeah. Mike Harris. Beginning, June 8th was the beginning of the Mike Harris years, defeating the MVP. Those were tough years in education, man. Oh, weren't they ever? Mm, that was a strike, right? There was a Yes, make. there was. I, not that year, but I think maybe... 1996. I remember uh, Zachary was a baby because like, I was home on mat leave. So it uh, probably was 1996 that that all. Wow. And uh, for me, the Air India flight. Um, oh, right. Yes. The RCMP doing the reward um, because I knew people on that flight. Isn't that amazing? When and it started? was horrific when it happened. Mm -hmm. And it, I remember yeah. that happening. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's like craziness. Christine Silverberg became Canada's first female chief of police. Calgary. Which is crazy when you think. Like 25 years talking ago? talking about. <laughs> Okay, but we were just talking about like wow. Nellie McClung and all that fighting for women's rights a hundred right. years ago. Seventy-five years, 75 years later, later, finally somebody gets to be a chief of police. Wow, we we get there. <laughs> well, this wow. I thought this one would be interesting to you. On July twenty-seven, Thompson Corporation agrees to sell twenty-seven Canadian newspapers to Hollinger Incorporated. Yes. That, that always scares me when I think of how media has, is, has no, like that it's all sort of owned by one corporation. I, well, having anything owned by one corporation is never a good idea. Yeah, no, it just, and oh, here it is. Paul Bernardo found guilty on September 1st of, of the of raping and murdering Leslie Mahaffey and Kristen French, oh. and the government, just... the government sold off Petro Canada. Oh yeah. I wonder if anybody looks back at that and goes, "Oops." Oh well, you think of the National Energy Program when 
Mark Lalonde and um, Peter Lougheed were negotiating mm -hmm. how our energy was going to be dealt with in Canada. Yeah, it's oh gosh, I feel really old. <laughs> I know, but yeah, no, it's like some of these things, Alexa McDonough, I mean, I remember her being elected as head of the NDP. Oh so, my gosh, I forgot about Brian Smith. Oh yeah, he's back in... Um, August, sorry. August, no, that's fine. Brian Smith, because he was a sportscaster. At CJOH. Mm -hmm. Yes. And he died. Like that's... Crazy. Yeah. It was so funny when I was researching this and every time I would type in like 100 years ago or 25, then it all comes up as American history, right? So I had to dig deeper and deeper to actually get... And then the referendum, right? A massive rally, October 27th. Yes. By the no side in the referendum and the referendum is held on so sovereignty. Now, Paul went, he went from Toronto to Montreal. He was one of the bus captains. Wow. And so he, when I, we were talking about this, he went through all of his stuff and he still has like the roster of everybody who was on the bus and, and the pictures and yes, truly amazing. I know. We weathered that one. Yeah, we did. <sighs> yes, exactly. Canada's first observation satellite is launched on November 4th. I love it that Andre Dallaire broke into 24 Sussex Drive and the Prime Minister fended him off with an Inuit, with an Inuit sculpture. sculpture. <laughs> <laughs> Whack! <laughs> well, yeah, so well, whatever, good. right? Yeah, exactly, right? Whatever it takes, right? And this uh, is where then he's declared a, a dangerous offender. That didn't take long, Paul Bernardo. No, no. I hope you can hear the wine pouring into my tumbler. Thank you, Wendy Ward, for teaching me that a tumbler is much better for wine <laughs> than a small wine glass. You I have wasn't to teach you that. So many Pam. Times. No, <laughs> I think I just released you from any constrictor of yeah. Did you know anything about Gerald Hannon and the Ryerson University journalism program? Did you know I, anything? You know what? Not enough to speak to that. I, certainly universities post-secondary have gone through more than their share of freedom of speech yeah, and, yeah yeah you know you think of jordan oh brain block jordan i don't know okay that was not oh, good. <laughs> clap, clap. i had that was a piece of history i knew nothing about um John, Jean Christian unveils a law that would give each of Canada's four regions a constitutional veto. The West complains yes. that it deserves more than one. <laughs> right? Of course. Well, and it's not, there's each province, each region has its own approach towards this. And, you know, yeah, yeah. you forget yeah, yeah. the historical significance. Oh, there's history. Because each province and each region came to this conglomerate mishmash that we call Canada, um, and the traditions um, are are different for each area yeah. as well. Yeah. So I can remember when I went to the University of Saskatchewan, coming back to Ontario for Christmas one time, and one of my friends, a university graduate, said why did the settlers clear so much land in the prairies? Because she honestly thought that that's what had happened. And it's Goodness. just that, and I don't think that she was deliberately being obtuse. She just didn't know. And unless you expose yourself yeah. to more information, yeah. then A, you don't know, and B, you're, you can only make decisions with the information you collect. Well, I so in collect course, as much... In the course I'm taking on cognitive behavior therapy, which I need to give credit for, it's through Udemy, but anyway, <laughs> he, he takes you through an exercise where you're forced to look at one certain way, something from like five different perspectives. So he keeps saying, okay, 
Look at that from a different perspective. Look at that from a different perspective. And I think that that's what's lacking in our education system, but that's a whole nother subject. But that's exactly what we should be doing right now too, Pam. I think that's a really potent, powerful way of looking at things. We are facing unprecedented times. And if we don't take the time to look and force ourselves uncomfortably to look at the situation in different ways and how we can move forward, we're going to end up repeating the same mistakes. Like this is an awesome time to reinvent. But I just thought it was so interesting because he was doing the exercise with his wife on video and he would just say, okay, let's look at this now from another perspective and another, and I thought, you know, now when I think of something and I think, okay, this is the way I see that. And then I take a step back and say, okay, well, what would another perspective be? And what would another perspective be? So that, you know, like, for example, if you hear Doug Ford say something and you think, wow, wow. And then I stop and say, okay, now I need to look at that from his perspective and why he's saying that, or from some, like a whole bunch of different ways of, I don't know, I think it's a good it's a good life lesson. And in November 28th, 25 years ago, CNN was privatized. Wow. And then representatives in December of the Aboriginal peoples gather and issue the sacred assembly proclamation. From this was developed the reconciliation proclamation and the statement of principles and priorities which we are still working hard to implement. This is a perfect example of exactly what you were talking about just minutes earlier, about looking at things from different perspectives. You know, Sir John A. MacDonald and the construction of putting Indians on reservations and the whole concept of getting rid of the aboriginals in Canada. Unbelievable. And now we have an opportunity to not only apologize and, Mm -hmm. and reconcile, but we have to admit, we have to admit what went wrong and then we can move forward and then we can start working on building those bridges as a joint effort, not as a, we're going to tell you how to do it in a colonial approach. So, you know, extrapolate that to what we're going through now. This is an opportunity where we can change how we're doing education. Maybe we involve parents more. Yeah. Sorry, no, parents. I, I know I, that that's not necessarily no, the I'm, I'm easiest told, thing. But I, you know that I feel that education overall needed a disruption. And this yeah. is a disruption. And I'm thinking now of the book, um, the Ashes book, um, Oh, Jesse Thistle. Jesse Thistle. Yeah. And someone, like when, when I went to see him, that was back in November. I'm, no, February, right? Just before all this. Yes, it was just happened. before. And he was asked directly about the railway blockades. And he said, life is all really about us understanding each other, not one person saying this is how it should go and another person saying this is how it we need to seek to understand each other and you can't be approaching life from a victim mentality if you're trying to understand each other because you couldn't agree more pam and i think that really that's what what a great way of bringing it back full circle. Understanding what's happened in the past doesn't mean this is how we should do it again. No. It means that we've got to take those lessons and move them forward. But it also means that we really don't have to spend time in judgment of other people because you can understand things from a different person's perspective. Not saying that I'm anywhere close to perfect at that, far from it. Like I look at situations and... I will tell you this morning, we went for a walk on the trail. And of course, you're starting to social distance and all that. And there weren't very many people on on it. And we are allowed to walk on this trail. And uh, two men were walking and they had four dogs. And the dogs were, none of them were on leashes. So they were running all over the place. So the dogs came running up towards me and I didn't want them. No. I'm not 
I love, I love dogs, but I'm not a fan of that kind of a thing. And so I just stopped and the dog was in front of like was coming. And I said, he said, Oh, it's friendly. You know, the classic line. And I said, I don't want the dog to come near me. Yeah. And he said, Oh, okay. So then the dog stopped and then he, I, I sort of waited for him to come get the dog, but he didn't. So he yeah. said, well, you can just walk around it. And I said, well, <laughs> I would prefer that the dog was on a leash like it's supposed to be. And he said, I've read the bylaws. I don't have to have my dog on a leash. And so wow, talk about Charles turned around and said, well, out of respect for everyone else, maybe it just would be a good idea. And then he yelled back, well, there's bad people in the world too. And I was like, well, I'm not sure what that had to do with anything, but there's an example of, you know, and I guess I could have been a little bit more magnanimous or whatever, but you know, like we have to seek to understand each other from our own perspectives. And then I, I do believe that we would act better. I think you're right, Pam. I mean, speaking to somebody, I was 11 when I got attacked by a German shepherd in a park situation and the 10 year old or so who was walking the dog um, did not have the dog on a leash and it scared yeah. everything out of me. And I still have scars on my shoulders Yeah, and Charles from where that happened. And how is somebody gonna know that about me walking? Mm -hmm. And it's not, I'm not a fan of dogs, but they scare me to death still, especially if they're not on a leash. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, I usually do the, exactly what you do. I just stop and say, no, I'm, please don't. I was attacked by a dog. I need you to get the dog away from me. Um, and it, I understand. Well, and especially on these times when we're trying to social distance and stay apart and now your dog's running up to me. Well, I don't want to pet your dog right now because you've pet your dog and you have your hands and your germs and I'd like you to keep your germs and your dog and your hands and your everything far over there, six feet plus, if you don't mind, but I need my fresh air. So, yes. but it is about empathy. It is yeah. about thinking about things from somebody else's perspective. I certainly, as a teacher, when I write an assignment, I'm going through all these mental hoops trying to make sure that, okay, have I thought about what if I don't know this word? What if I don't know this yeah. word? Really clear, you know, taking that 24 hours before you submit or post something. But I think it goes even further. Part of the reason I like to read specifically fiction, but part of the reason I like to read is because you get that opportunity to experience other events that yeah. and other perspectives yeah so and i think that's why i was so excited about kind of taking a moment right now to kind of whip back through history a little yes. bit and because it's not about you know i taught history as a grade eight teacher and it's not about that's um, why i love you reciting facts no it's about asking questions how did this have an impact on our life today and yes. what, how, what have we learned? And, you know, here's a moment in history. You, do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you not know what you think? Do you like to get kids actually thinking about history? I used, it used to drive me crazy because I had a teaching partner and they would just, their tests were just like the facts and the data. What happened in such and such a, you And know. I'd be like, that is not history. Like no. that is not anything to do with it. So today- okay, I just want to do a plug for Jennifer Welsh's book. Um, she did the Massey Lecture Series in 2016. And her book is The Return of History. Cool. And it is, well, when I heard about it and when I went out and bought Everybody in my family got her book for Christmas. <laughs> well, and I want to do a plug for TC Squared, which is yes. which is a critical thinking um, platform, which you can buy a membership for, which I think is like cheap, 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 like 40 bucks or something. And they do an amazing job of helping kids question and think about things and using cool. history. And so if you're a teacher and you're not using TC Squared, Think about problem. using it. Okay, yeah. one last question for you, Pam. Okay. How do you think this 
the pandemic and how Canada is treating the pandemic, how other countries are treating the pandemic? How do you think it's going to go down in history? Ten words. <laughs> Ten words. I think that people will look back in awe of what was done. Oh, how inspiring. I, I would really, I, I am. I mean, I'm, I'm endingly... not forsaking that there was bad stuff. No that's happening and whatever, but I, I think people will look back in awe and I think the movies that are made of this, which we know will happen, yes, um, will be about the heroes. That's a really positive way, I think, of approaching this, certainly. And that we will be more thoughtful, compassionate, smarter people because of it. And we, and we will, be happier to put up with a little bit of whatever from each other because it's better to be together than, and maybe a better, this is more than 10 words, and maybe <laughs> a better appreciation for technology. How about that? I'd like to think that we have a better appreciation for technology and how to use it better. Mm -hmm. I would really like to think that we come out of this with the commitment to ourselves and to the people we know and love to double check our facts before we repeat things. Yep. I mean, you and I have shared information that other people have told us and God, well, what my favorite, the heck? Okay, my favorite and it's now been dispelled and maybe we'll end this with this. You know that you don't have COVID-19 if when you wake up in the morning, you take a deep breath and hold it for 10 seconds and you don't cough. That was all over oh. the place. And I was like, what is <laughs> That's ridiculous. That is so ridiculous. Because sometimes oh. I'll, and I'll just start coughing because I have allergies and whatever. And, and it's the season for allergies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My favorite was the, the cashier who told me that the reason there was a toilet paper shortage is because the toilet paper was made in China and so it was being stopped because it was infected. It's like, really? Like, no, honestly? I think we oh. have a lot of pulp and paper in yeah. Canada and I don't think our toilet but oh. No, no, totally not. And that, that, yeah, I know. So yes, I'm hopeful that we are going to take... We're going to be better after this. Yes. Better, better, better. So thank you, Wendy Ward, for joining oh. me. Thank you, Pam Phonies, episode 14, A Blast from the Past. And we did have a blast doing oh, it. Always. And uh, if you have some kind of amazing historical um, story that you would like to share, you can always email it to no room uh, number four, four phonies at gmail.com. Or you can always add it as a comment on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, Twitter. And uh, this has been a real pleasure to be together. And no room for phonies again. Good food, good friends, good, good fun. Wine. <laughs> good wine. Thank you. And good times. Thank you so much, Pam.